Hey everyone, this is Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, and one of the co-hosts of This Week in Marvel podcast. You're listening to the Cruise Control Podcast with Randy Cruz. And this is another edition of the Cruise Control Podcast here on iTunes, SoundCloud.com. You can follow me, the host, Randy Cruz, on Twitter at R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. And I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Mega Rand, the host of the Matt Mania podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. He's on Twitter at Mega Rand, M-E-G-A-R-A-N. Ran, what's up, my man? How you doing? Yo, I'm good, sir. How are you? Doing good. Can't complain. Uh, We're in the post-WrestleMania 32 time. Uh, me and you are big-time pro wrestling fans, so it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I was on your show back in January previewing the Royal Rumble, so that was quite some time ago. Uh, you do host the Matt Mania show on iTunes and SoundCloud. It is a, uh, a bi-weekly show that you do talking pro wrestling. Um, you are from the Phoenix, Arizona area, uh, visiting the East Coast for a few days. Um, let's talk about what what you do, how long the, the Matt Mania has been going on, what's the feedback been, and just any bits and pieces of uh, stuff that you want the fans to know. The Mega Rand story is, uh, yeah, Matt Mania is just like the latest cherry on top, I guess, of the Mega Rand story. It all started when I was I was a teacher, you know, in Philadelphia, where I was born, and um, who loved hip hop and sports and just entertaining in general on the side, and just got into music, you know, a lot more. And then I made a move all the way to Phoenix, Arizona, and just kept up with the music and things like that. Created some. Uh, a couple of albums, and then wind up quitting my TV job, and now I make music full time. So I'm in the middle of a music tour, and um, my unique kind of music is, is called chip hop, where I combine, you know, video games with hip hop. So it is a um, very eight bit, you know, retro sound for the most part. Now um, I'm actually on the East Coast because I'm heading to Boston for PAX, which is the Penny uh, Arcade Expo, which is a big video game industry event that uh, a lot of folks wind up with Matt. So I'm looking forward to that. I had a bunch of kids out there. I just started Matt Mania uh, last November as a way to do what I was already doing. I was talking a whole lot about wrestling with my friends, and I was like, you know what? Why don't I just do it with a recorder running and just have some fun with it? And so now I bring on a different friend every week. And it started off with me just breaking down pay-per-views, but that was only once a month, and I knew that. With my schedule, I couldn't commit to much more than that. But then it became so fun that I actually started making more time for it. And now I do it weekly or at least bi-weekly with uh, a different guest every time. And we, we explore different parts of wrestling and not just, you know, the current events. But uh, we go through the past, we do mock tournaments, we do all kinds of cool stuff, fantasy stuff, and, and just explore all the things we love about wrestling. Cool, man. Uh, you're, you're a big-time wrestling fan, rapper, sports fan. You do it all. I don't know how you have time to, you know, do the things, you know, that you do. But um, sounds great. And now we're going to get get into wrestling. Um, like I said, me and you are big-time fans. We watch Raw. We watch all the pay-per-views and networks, so on and so forth. Um we are post WrestleMania 32. I, I really thought it was just an event to get through. I know a lot of us were like, you know, not, um, you know, too high on the matches because we've seen them already, or the storylines, or you know, a lot of people were still injured at the time. But now we fast forward a couple of weeks, and you know, a, a lot of different things are starting to shape up. And I guess the main thing is the fact that we're seeing Shane McMahon running Raw for three weeks in a row, even though he lost the match at WrestleMania. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on him running Raw, even though he lost, because a lot of fans are like, you know, what's the point of having him lose the match if he's going to keep running or, or not keep, but, you know, run Raw for three consecutive weeks? I don't mind 
Rand, um, we haven't seen Shane that, you know, that much on Raw since for, I think, about eight years. I'm, uh, I'm glad he's back. I'm happy he's back. It's different. It's a, it's a different vibe. Um, what's your sense on him being back on Raw, even though he lost the match at Mania, and do you even care about the storyline going in? I mean, I was at Mania, and, yeah, I was one of those people who was a little underwhelmed by the event itself as far as storyline progression. But this is like a new level of, you know, I know they expect wrestling fans to have a short memory, but this is like from one night to the next, literally. I know that you said this was over and this was going to be final, but it's not the very next day. I don't understand it at all. I was also at the Raw where, you know, Vince says, oh, what the hell, and that's what run the show. But overall, as far as the quality of the show, I don't think I don't think the show is, is hurting. I think the show is actually exceeding by, you know, I don't know if Shane's actually calling the shots, but, but the fact is the matches have been exciting. A lot of guys who hadn't been getting a lot of, of airtime are, are on TV. Um, I think it was just a way of transitioning. This almost felt like a new season beginning, and I think that's what usually WrestleMania is at the close of the season. And, you know, now there's so many new guys. You know, and there's so much new action that basically what happened at WrestleMania 32 doesn't matter at this point. Uh, AJ Styles lost, and now he's the number one contender. So you get all these different things that have happened that really didn't matter, you know. So, uh, but bottom line is, I'm a little worried about that, but I but I think it doesn't affect the action we're seeing, which is good. So I'm okay with that. The last few weeks, the main events have been great. Uh, there's been some cool match, dream match scenarios happening on TV. And uh, I'm not mad at that, you know. So overall, I'm okay with it. But I do wish that Shane, I don't know, I think it's kind of the countdown is on for Shane to probably become a heel, like, commissioner, I think. Because I feel like that that heel, that, that role that he's in is usually reserved for a heel. And uh, and it usually doesn't last long when a when a good guy is calling the shot, you know, because it's literally the same thing. I mean, Kevin Owens said it like, yeah, it's a new McMahon, but it's the same thing. There's a there's a person in power that's kind of slanted towards one side, you know what I mean? But I think it typically works best when it's a heel in charge. Right, and I think at this point, Rand, it's the fact that you know not every wrestling fan is gonna is gonna be happy. Um, you can't make everybody happy. So, a you want Shane back, you get him, but then he loses a match with the stipulation, and then he's on Raw with, for three weeks in a row, and some fans are like, "Well, that didn't make sense. Why is he here if he lost a match?" At, Rand, at some point, the last three weeks have been very different. Um, you know, a lot of the NXT um, call-ups have been coming up, which you know we'll, we'll, we'll get to. But you know, things it, it feels new. It feels you know refreshing. Not seeing Triple H and Stephanie and, and the whole authority thing for for almost a month. Um, you're seeing new matches, new stars, different different patches of, of, of matchups, which I think is good. Um, now, does that you know go and you know clarify into the ratings? I don't know, but as, at the same time, we we can't be like, well, we're seeing the same thing after WrestleMania, seeing the same thing, you know, prior to WrestleMania. I think it's something good. Um, if Shane goes heel, I, I don't think that would happen, uh, at least for the time being. I think I think at some point. The, the the story has to, I think the story will make sense down the road of why he's running Raw, uh, at, you know, even though he lost. I think somehow Triple H and Stephanie come back and somehow, some way, it, it, it's something. I don't know. I don't work for them. But I think at some point, everybody will realize, oh, this is the reason why Shane is, is running Raw. But I don't want to see the, the, the authority just yet. I like where I like where Shane's going now. I want to ask you all the all the new matches that we're seeing. How much of that is really Shane, you know, pushing his weight backstage, or is is McMahon and Hunter and Stephanie still calling shots? But Shane is the one going out on TV every Monday night. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's TV for a reason. I really believe. I honestly think that these are probably Triple H's scenarios playing out. 
not Triple H per se, but Paul Levesque scenarios being played out on television. Because with him being a big, you know, advocate of NXT and being the guy, the boss of NXT, he's definitely the dude who's pushed for a lot of these guys to come up. So that's what I think happened. I read something, I heard from a friend of mine, they were like, actually back in the day when Shane was on TV and when he was making decisions, they were going through some of their worst ratings slumps. And so Shane's decisions weren't necessarily the best ones, like the real-life decisions. So I think what's happening right now is that they're they're more or less giving the fans a lot of fan service, which is okay. I think they're just listening to the fans for right now because we're getting a lot of things that fans want to see, which is awesome. I mean, I can't think of any other reason that AJ Styles is in the main event already. You know, except for, you know, the, the how much he's over, you know. So, in my opinion, I think this is what they were ready to do, but it just wouldn't have made as much sense with McMahon on, with Vince on TV. Right, and then you know you mentioned the the the, the fans and, and them trying to appease the fans and give them what they want, but that might sound good now, but at, at some point, do you feel like? You know, there's there's an end point where they should not uh, appease to what the fans want because obviously they're gonna say they're smaller than the average wrestling fan. At some point, yeah. th- does that point go away? Where listen, all right, we gave you Styles and the Bullet Club and this and this, but now, now, now that you're happy and satisfied because you watch the product every week, now we're gonna go back to what we really want to do. Oh, yeah, I think that's going to happen. Bottom line, the fans don't know. Like, as me, a personal, I guess I can call myself a personal servant of fans because I make music for people, hoping they enjoy it enough to want to buy it or buy tickets to concerts. Fans don't know what they want, you know? I have the same fans who hit me up and say, hey, why don't you make stuff like your older stuff? And then you make something like that. And then after a while, you're like, oh, man, it's the same old stuff. When are you going to do something different, you know? Exactly. So, Fans don't know what they want. I'm just just a, that's just the most the blanket statement. So, so they believe they know what they want, and that's why I'm kind of glad that they're not they're not quite doing this turn on Roman. I think I'm I'm glad they're sticking to their guns because I think back to last year and two years ago where Roman was the most over guy in the company, arguably. You know when the field was was doing their thing. So. I can't necessarily blame anyone except the fans for getting what they want because when I first got back into wrestling, everybody's like, dude, the shield is kicking butt. Look at this, the big guy, Roman Reigns is awesome, you know, and everybody was all about, yo, he's a star, he's a star, he's a stud. Like, everyone was convinced of that. And uh, and then when they make him the guy, everybody's like, no, it's not time yet. Nah. You know, so I get a little upset. Like, I was that raw after Mania, and, like, the booze were just, ridiculous and it was to the point where the fans are literally trying to hijack the show you know and attempting to make their voices heard in order to change the events of the show and that's not the way it works you know the show goes on no matter what the people are saying in the crowd so uh, I don't know as an entertainer I feel for them for having to do what they have to do with people who never laced a boot or written a script in their lives telling them what should go on. You know what I mean? Because when we give you what you want, you don't want it after a while. So I think it's it's good to kind of let the ship sail. You know what I mean? And just watch it. Try to enjoy it. Take pieces you love. And just go with it, you know? Right. And, and I think, you know, this might go into the whole NXT thing where, you know, the fans want – this person to come up, this person to come up, and they want it now. They want this to be, you know, tag team champions. They want this. They want that. And after a while, it's like, all right, well, we got everything we wanted. What else is left? Well, that's because you wanted everything to happen in, in three, four months, as opposed to laying it out, storyline, this, you know, everything patching out the way it's supposed to be. But, you know, even me as a fan, it's like, listen, if, if, that's, if that's what they're going to give me, then – it is what it is. I can't. I can voice my opinion, but I'm not gonna hijack the crowd or, or write them on Twitter or whatever and say, "Hey, 
bring this guy up, bring this girl up. You guys should put this in the main event. What are you doing with this guy's champion? It, you know, it is what it is. I've been watching it for so long, and at some point, you kind of get used to what's going on. And at the end of the day, fans got to realize, well, we don't work for the WWE. We're, we're fans. We're, we're, we're very emotional and passionate. But at the same time, they're behind the scenes, and we're not. Right. And I mean, they know things. And again, they've been wrong before. And, you know, but they know things and they see things that we don't see, you know, and that we don't know. So sometimes they get it. There could be a guy, you know, and I, that is just not a good person backstage or just that isn't easy to get along with or things like that, but that we want to see at the top. But he's not a, but he may not be a, the best model citizen, you know. So who knows? There could be things. There's always things behind the scenes. So I'm learning to kind of let it go. I talked about this in my podcast where I just, I just want to start enjoying the show instead of going all out with trying to predict what's going to happen and then being upset when it doesn't happen. You know, I think it's fun to just enjoy it. You know, enjoy the great matches you see, you know, and enjoy the, you know, enjoy the, the program. So now one one superstar who has been, you know, kind of making a, a little change since WrestleMania is Kevin Owens. It, it looks like he's, you know, branching out of the Intercontinental title picture. Uh, I know we had like a, a, a potential uh, rematch or a match to try to get a rematch the night after Mania. He lost. Um, and it seems maybe a thing with Shane McMahon is going on, um, but the bottom line is he's not in the in the Intercontinental Title picture. He he's about to be in a program with Sami Zayn. Um, he's one of my favorite guys in the company. Um, great on the microphone, good in the ring. What are your thoughts on Kevin Owens post WrestleMania going going back and forth with Shane McMahon, and is him getting out of the Intercontinental Title picture good, so that we all know that eventually at some time he's gonna contend for the world title? Oh yeah, absolutely. I love Kevin Owens. He's probably my favorite guy in the company right now. I always have a thing for big guys, and especially big guys who can move. So you know, seeing him bounce up on the top rope like a cat and pull off frog splashes in the apron and, and being super innovative with moves, uh, it makes me jump out of my seat every time. And he's right now the only guy that really makes me do that. So uh, I'm a huge fan. I don't think he needs the title. I just think he needs to be in really great matches with great guys in order to continue to grow. And But, yeah, I, I see nothing but great things for him. I see him as, the I don't know about the next great like heel camp, but pretty soon, maybe by like next mania, you know, he could easily find himself in the title picture, you know, if this keeps up. So, uh, but yeah, I see, I see him being very close and he's a guy that, you know, the guys have been high on and, and I see why, like he can go and he's great on the mic, you know, and yeah, I think he's, he's definitely my favorite. So I want to see him go to the top, but I, again, I could, and it's funny, I was just saying last night, I can watch him and Dean Ambrose go at it anytime, you know, because those matches are great. Sami Zayn, his matches are great. So he's able to have a really a bunch of really good matches with people that are in his, in his kind of bracket right now. So so it's almost a guarantee you put him on the card, he's like your match of the card almost. So, yeah, he's, a, he's a, my favorite guy. Now he's he's about to go in this rivalry with, with Sami Zayn, and that rivalry goes way back, even back to the NXT days. And a lot of fans were, you know, kind of wondering whether they were going to put that program, you know, this early, or would they would they stretch it out where maybe at SummerSlam they finally go at it? But I, you know, they they, they are going to wrestle at Payback. Um, did you as a fan did you feel like they're um, like they're rushing it or making it too early, or do you think this is going to be like from April all the way drawn out to the summertime? Oh yeah, they're going to be fighting forever. I think um, this match is probably you know it's gonna it's gonna have some sort of shenanigans, and and then they're gonna go at it again. I think they're not gonna stop this one with one match, you know, because. They know they can put on three matches, so I look forward to a bunch of gimmick matches, probably ladder matches, probably who knows what else. But 
I could really see I could see them going at it forever. So this isn't the end of the title fix at all. Now, are, are you like um, a fan that that when you hear the commentary about Owens and Zayn, that the commentary team doesn't really bring up much about their NXT? you know, back and forth rivalry or it, do you think they're doing that for a reason or they just they just not mentioning it because they want to start this rivalry as if they were both on the same roster at the same time? Huh, I didn't really notice it. You know, I don't pay much attention to the commentary when I'm watching this show. <laughs> I think uh, for various reasons and I won't really go into those, but I, I'm not, I don't usually listen, so I could have sworn. I mean, they both talk about it on the mic, like, oh, you know, I think that uh, Kevin Owens said, like, oh, Sammy's been riding my coattails for 10 years and things like that. So so they make allusion to the fact that they've, you know, been fighting for years. Um, but, yeah, I think that WWE likes to start the mythology over again. You know, like everything begins here, you know, on the big stage. You know, they, they have this thing where if it, if it didn't happen, there that it didn't happen, you know. Um, and even with now they're kind of playing catch up now with like with Gallows and Anderson coming in, as now they have to now that they're involved, pretty much involved in the main event picture for a pay per view. Now we got to go back and get some some sort of you know background on why we should care about these guys for the people who don't know. But most fans know, you know. But. There's, obviously, I've noticed now on the WWE, like uh, on the site or on the Twitter, they're like, 10 things you need to know about, you know, Gallows and Anderson or get who, just who are these guys, you know, things like that. So they've done a lot of, like, catch-up stuff to get people into it. But, yeah, I think that for the most part, they like to kind of start with WWE at the beginning of, the, of their history. And, I, and I'm not mad at that. Like, this is, you know, they have that right to do that, you know, this is, this is kind of the day, the day one, like the beginning of the rest of your life, you know, once you get to the big leagues. You know, like, I don't see any Super Bowl MVPs that get asked about their college career. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I understand. Now, you know, you mentioned Gallows and Anderson. They, they, I guess they made their Raw debut last week in, in a run-in with the Usos um, during their, their tag team tournament uh, match. And, you know, they really did a number on the Usos. And, you know, Michael Cole did not mention Bullet Club. They just mentioned the real names of uh, Gallows and Anderson. And they also came out on a roll last, um, this past Monday uh, attacking Reigns and, uh, I guess, quote-unquote helping AJ Styles. And they, they all had a reunion backstage. And, and again, like you said, they, they go out there. There's no... You know, video package or vignette. There's no history. There's no background of who the, who these guys are, and maybe they're just depending on, you know, the 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 smart fans or the people online, internet, or that watch NXT or watch the the indies to really be like, oh, that's Gallows and Anderson. But the person right next to you may not know who they are. So, do you feel like when it comes to even Gallows, Anderson, Baron Corbin, Apollo Crew? Any guy coming up, do you feel like they need to incorporate the video packaging, something where um, the, the, the not-so-average fan can really understand who these people are? I mean, it would be nice, but now that I think back, you know, like, think about when, you know, in the 90, uh, 2000s, I guess, with, with, like, Taz appearing. You know, they didn't show an ECW package when... Um, Jericho came in. They didn't show it WCW package. It was it was implied that the, that people should know who this person is, you know. And so I don't know. I don't know if they have to. I think now with with the internet being so much, social media is such a big part of the show now. I mean, now to the point where Shane is making matches on Facebook, like in, during commercial breaks and things like that. I think so much information just moves so fast now. That it's even, I think it's almost officially faster than TV, you know, even faster than live TV. So now, the, you, you pretty much have to have the WWE Twitter open during Raw, you know, in order to know what's happening because stuff is just moving so quickly. So, for that, I say no, I don't think they have to. I mean, it would be nice, but 
you know, they probably don't own a lot of footage that they could show of Gallows and Anderson, like, in, you know, in glory, you know, and making, you know, with them looking awesome. They probably don't own a lot of that footage. So, I don't think they have to necessarily do that, but but I think dropping them right into a main event situation lets people know that these guys are for real, you know? Oh yeah, you know, you know, you know, like you mentioned with Taz and Jericho when they made their debuts and, and, and other people, I think the difference is, in, I think a lot of people, you know, you're talking mid '90s, late '90s, and a, a lot of people, to my knowledge, knew ECW was watching ECW, and you were getting, you know, the whole Monday Night War with WCW and WWE. I think everybody, I think everybody in the world knew who Chris Jericho was. So he can go from one channel to 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 the next, and people would know who Chris Jericho is. But nowadays, a lot of it, it you know, you know, involves social media, the the whole app, the network. People don't watch well, Ring of well, Honor. I think, and sorry to cut you off. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm good. You know, I think that the thing about I'm good. Okay. Yeah, and I think, you know, sorry to cut you off, but I think the fact that we all knew who Jericho was is probably because we were fans of wrestling. But let's remember, like, and I mean, I don't know if this is even a fair comparison, but Chris Jericho was a TV champion and a, and a cruiserweight champion at best for WCW. But has put on great matches all over the world. But he was never in the main event picture, you right. know. So although he was over, you know, he wasn't, a huge star. So I think assuming that everybody knew who he was isn't necessarily, but I think because of the Monday Night Wars, I like flipping back and forth. I, I definitely flip back and forth nonstop every Monday. So, so yeah, I think most people knew, but I don't think people necessarily knew or thought of him in, in that caliber as when he debuted, you know, standing across from the rock. You know what I mean? So I think... I think the booking is what makes you know that this is a, a major player, you know. So having these guys fight the Uso or beat up the Usos was like, yeah, okay. Maybe they're going to be a, a middling tag team. But having them come out against Roman is like, whoa, now we're getting interested. You know what I mean? They just attacked the world champ, you know. So I think that it was really good booking. And um, I just read that they're going to, they're going to actually take on those this week on Raw. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes. You know, I think that, uh, well, I feel like they're going to win, obviously, but but I'm, I'm curious what that'll do for the storyline. I actually don't know what direction they're going to take, which is good for me. Like, whenever I could be surprised at what's happening and not know, and it not be a foregone conclusion, that's when I'm at my high in wrestling, you know, but when it's, Obviously predictable. We know what's going to happen. That's when I'm not so excited about it. But right now, I'm more excited for payback than I was for WrestleMania. Probably. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It, it, it's so funny because when I when I tweeted it out, the you know the current card for payback, and I was like, damn. <laughs> It's like you know, you got a lot of good, you know a lot of good matches, storylines, a lot of championships are are on the line, and it's like when you say Cesaro Miz for the Intercontinental Title, you're not you're not quick to say uh, the Miz, but now as you're seeing the storyline play out, it's like oh okay, now they have a reason to fight, or Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they they have a reason to fight, they have a, a, an ongoing. Storyline: Chris Jericho and, and Dean Ambrose. They have an ongoing, um, ongoing storyline. Now I don't know why they're fighting. Now it's, you know, very interesting for me to see and payback. Like you said, I mean, I know, it, I know it's WrestleMania, but the card of payback might eventually be, you know, storyline and wrestling wise might end up being better than WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kudos for. Putting these for them to putting these great matches together, you know, as much as we complain about the direction, like this is just in the span of a month, they put together a really, really strong card. Um, I mean, the only knock I have is that I don't think Kalisto, the U.S. champ, has been on TV the last three weeks, or at least not much. So that's my only complaint is that you know, in the midst of all these new guys coming, how do you forget about a guy who has a belt? Yeah, so that that part gets a little crazy. 
Well, you know, not only him. I mean, I'm glad I haven't seen the Big Show in three weeks. I haven't seen Kane in three weeks. I don't think I've seen Ryback in three weeks. Like you said, Callisto, I think he got hurt or something like that last week on Raw. So we're not seeing the people who were getting geared up for WrestleMania have not been on the card lately because of all the current NXT call-ups and, you know, Cesar coming back from injury. So those guys are taking a back seat, which, which, is, which is okay. Man, you, you just you, as you're saying it, I just started thinking like this could be a lead into you know those guys to come back in a, in a storyline and be upset that they're not getting time or that they're not getting looked at by Shane, right? And then and then come back with either Vince or Stephanie or Triple H, you know, and have all these you know the old guard and create an old guard versus new guard kind of situation. You know what I mean? Reminiscent, but hopefully not as weird as the, um, what was the WCW say, the New Blood and the, the Billionaires Club? Remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so I think something like, I mean, there could be a thing where guys like Ryback and, you know, Kane and Show are like, what's going on? You know, like, you, Shane, you, you forgot all about us, you know, and and then there'd be a situation where those guys go and go and get, you know, and lift help from like the Triple H or a Mystic Man or a Stephanie and then create faction. Maybe, you know, that could be a cool uh, Survivor Series thing. Yeah, and, and you know, people have been kind of like um, putting it out there that could something like this lead to uh a, a total brand split. And I mean, I don't know if they'll, if they'll go that route like like they did before in the past with, with uh, Raw and SmackDown. But since I mentioned brand split, um, I did get a Twitter question from somebody out there, and I'm going to read it to you um, from Chris Brandon. Do you, think, do you think a brand split would help some guys not get lost in the mix? Like, like, like we mentioned, Big Show, King, Callisto, right back. Could he feel some guys could, could get thrown or missed out on the main roster? So... Do you think a brand split will help some guys not get lost in the mix? No, I don't. I think that would ultimately water it down, and it'll water down statistics. I mean, you got guys now, thanks to the brand split. I mean, the brand split did a lot. When SmackDown was killing Raw, you know, it did a lot for for competition, and that was cool. You know, and so if that creates great shows on both, then I think that's a good thing. But you know, you got then you get two world heavyweight titles and two mid titles and two tag team titles. Like I really hope they don't do something like that again. So a brand split to me would be cool, but I would not split up titles and things like that or have it to the point. You know, as a fan, I'm like, man, if Raw's coming to my town, I want to believe I can see Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, everybody, and not be like, oh man. I'm not going to get to see my guys because they're not on this show. You know what I mean? I, I hated that from that perspective. It's just being, being having a chance to, to miss out on on my favorite guys because they weren't on a particular show at a particular time. So I I am not a big fan of the brand split, and I think it starts to water things down. I took a couple years off WWE during the brand split years. And I came back, and it's like, man, everybody's like a two-time world champion now. And it's like dudes that are like U.S. champs have been, have been like world champions in the past and stuff. So it's, it's just, I feel like it waters the stuff down a little bit. So I'm not necessarily a huge fan of the brand split. I mean, so it, it, could get it, you know. people, it could get some people some opportunities. Right. But, you know, I always believe that cream rises to the top. And I think that good workers are usually rewarded. I mean, if they do go that route, if they just keep one world title, one intercontinental, one U.S., one tag team, you know, then fine. But, you know, to have two tag team uh, champions, two world champions and, and, and all these other belts, no, like you said, that part uh, would make it watered down. But to me, like, 
at the time of, of the brand split back in the days, the most exciting time for me was just seeing the whole draft, just just seeing what wrestler, what announcer, what manager might be going from from one show to the next. And if they go this route, I think it's mainly mainly because they want people to watch not only Raw on Monday, but to really watch SmackDown on Thursday. And I think I think they've been doing a good job of balancing the talent for Raw and SmackDown. So do I think they're gonna do it? Uh, not not at this particular time. But if they do, is to, to you know to help out SmackDown to get more more wrestlers, more airtime, more 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 fight time, and um, but to me, everything has to make sense if they go that route. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, but I would not. I'm not for adding new titles. Definitely not. Oh no no no. But I think, <laughs> but I think if you yeah, like I, that was ridiculous. Right, and, and I think it was that, and also they had uh, one pay-per-view was for Raw, one pay-per-view was for SmackDown. I, at that point, it was like, all right, we don't need a whole SmackDown pay-per-view. Why don't you just put them together in one on one card? But to say Judgment Day is sponsored by Raw and Backlash is sponsored by SmackDown, that part didn't make sense to me. <laughs> no, and I understand they were trying to breed competition within themselves. And I think it did work. I mean, just reading a lot of interviews with guys like Paul Heyman and like, they took it very seriously, you know, and, and worked hard to kick the other shows but So, I think it did breed competition and it did make the better TV, like as far as the action. But, I just thought it was just too much of a watering down of, of history, you know, like world champ is a, is a very rare thing. Like, now we're going to give two times the amount of people the chance to say they were world champions is, not that's like adding let's just add two Super Bowls, you know, or, or two NBA titles this year. Like let's make an Eastern title where these guys get an NBA spring and then these guys get an NBA championship ring too. It's just it's just silly to me. So I wouldn't mind if it if it lets a lot of guys that are you know, that are super talented move up the card, guys like you know, Dolph Ziggler and guys like that who who have been working for years can get work their way back up then I'm for that. So, you know, maybe, maybe. If it's done right, yes. So now, what is your take on this possible current uh, babyface turn that Bray Wyatt may finally be embarking on? You know, I've been a big Bray Wyatt fan since day one. Um, The last few years, he's been... You know, either not on the card or, or on the card, but losing to Kane and and Taker and Jericho and and Reigns and um, losing in tag matches, losing to Team ECW. You know, we can go on and on and on. But now he's finally, I think, finally in in a position where they might be getting to to learn and understand how to use him and utilize him and if it has to be in a a baby face role then so be it because they really have nothing for him he, he's never been a champion he's never really had a championship uh opportunity i don't know why but we we kind of saw a little bit of a, a face turn when him and the wife family went at the league of nations two weeks ago um he he was not on raw this Monday, he tag team with Roman Reigns, which was you know crazy to you know even imagine. Shane Shane put that together. Um, seeing him and Reigns on the same team, um, and then potentially him turning face. What are your thoughts about that? I think it's cool. Like I'm excited. Whatever it takes, man. Like if it means they're gonna finally get him a push and come with the matches, then then so be it. I mean, he's already been. He's so over. I just don't know if the, the rest of the Wyatt family is as over, you know. So, no one really cheers for those guys. They're just kind of there. So, I don't know if maybe he would have to break away from them, which I, I kind of hope not. But, um, but yeah, I'm all for him going face. I think, like, Rock did a really good job of putting them over at Mania. Like, you know, I mean, he, he comes out and the full place lights up. Like, it, it, it's really obvious that this guy is so over so you know they gotta stop making them lose matches and you know I think I like the idea of you know the unlikely tag teams like that's usually a good way to get people over and um 
and I, I, I think the Braves already there. So I think that this is a, if this is going to happen, I think this is a good time for it to happen. You know, um, I don't know, but I'm all for it. Though I think that Ray deserves it. Like he, he works hard. He's one of my favorites, and you know, another big guy that can move around. And um, you know, the fact that he's never held any title is crazy. But I mean, I think that you know, I think it's 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 part of his character, though. He doesn't necessarily care about titles, but he, you know, as a like eater of worlds, he's just a guy who wants to destroy champions, to destroy people who people look up to. And so I, when he came out during the lock segment at Mania. I was like, oh, well, maybe this will become his thing. Like, we'll just go after all the people who are champions just to destroy them. You know, like, maybe that'll work. You know, but every time they've tried that, he's lost. So, uh, but yeah, I think that I'm all for it. If this is, I think if a face turn is what they need to, to realize that people are behind them and get it going, then yeah, I'm, I'm with it 100%. Now, he did team up with, with Roman Reigns that day. Um, that night on Raw, um, people cheered more for Bray than than Roman, which was you know expected. But Reigns has been on a different, uh, you know, a different character kind of uh, portrayal the last few weeks. You know, he's been saying that same old quote quote for three weeks. I'm not a good guy. I'm not the bad guy. Whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm the guy. But at, at some point. It's getting it's, well. It's getting to a point where it's like, all right, dude, we get it. But to me, it's still different. He's he's not really playing to the crowd no more. Or looking for, you know, that that approval from the crowd. He knows he's the world champion. He knows people. People don't. Majority of people don't like him. Um, are you um, in favor of this new character portrayal of Roman Reigns post WrestleMania? Yeah, I think it's great, man. I, I stood up. I was the only person in my section at the wall after Mania. When he first did the, you know, not a good guy, not a bad guy thing, like, I stood up, like, yes, like, give this dude some attitude. Like, I love it, you know. He's got a, I think, honestly, though, I look at it sometimes and I can look at his face. It looks like he's really affected by the booze, where he's just like, oh, come on, guy. You know what I mean? Like, he gets a little affected by it. But I think at some point, He's going to get over it, you know, and uh, he's going to embrace it like Cena did. And, and that'll either make it louder, <laughs> you know, or they'll, they'll learn to respect him, you know. So I think he has to probably understand why they're going. It's like, okay, maybe they want you to improve in some areas, you know. But I think, uh, yeah, props to WWE for staying with this ship, like, you know, and, and riding it, man, like, they're not like, oh, they're booing him, so let's just turn him heel. Nah, they're going to keep him as this maybe cleaner kind of guy. And uh, I think the cleaner role works. You know, he can get smug. I think he's shown that. So I I like it. I like where he is right now. I wouldn't change anything. I mean, it's, unless they do something crazy, like have him leave the Bullet Club or something, have <laughs> to pay back or something, and they all, you know, attack AJ or something crazy. But... But other than that, like, I like this position he's in, you know, but he's got to learn to kind of take the booze a little bit and, and roll with them and kind of bounce them back a little bit. And, uh, but I like the attitude, though. He, he does have the title match against AJ Styles at Payback. We don't... We don't really know which where they're gonna go or how the finish is gonna happen because you know damn well, Rand, if, if Reigns beats AJ Styles, um, <laughs> the fans are really gonna, you know, show out. And um, I think Reigns wow. would have the belt for quite some time. I don't think the finish is gonna be clean. Um, I think Gallows and Anderson are gonna have a role in that. Um, I just don't see Reigns beating Styles that clean. I mean, if AJ happens to win, then I, I'm not surprised. But if 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 the result is the other way, where Reigns walks out as champion, how do you think they portray the finish? And does the story go on longer with Styles, Gallows, Anderson, and Reigns going forward? Well, I had a friend throw his two cents in and I thought it was cool but me I think I'm thinking Gallows and Anderson come out during the match trying to help AJ AJ tells them to get away and then 
he's distracted, and then he gets the Superman punch in his over. Something like that, where it's clean, but there's some shenanigans, and then he's mad at those guys. Um, I have a friend who thinks that this is the beginning of, like, the Bullet Club, and then Finn Balor comes in as a heel, and and they just they just all get it in and just wreak havoc over the WWE. Now, I don't know. I mean, that would be cool to see, but but I don't know about that. But I I, I think Roman goes over, you know, and I think the the way he does it, it kind of has to have some sort of extra storyline in it so that this can continue a little bit, or maybe he'll just flat out cheat. You know, I mean, who knows? But um, AJ's so popular, but, you know, people tend to forget that this guy has spent years being an amazing heel, top heel in TNA. So I think that he could easily flip the switch and go heel and uh, and and without batting an eye. And, uh, but they can't get any sympathy sympathy out of the crowd for Roman, you know, so if these guys just massacre him in the ring, then uh, no one's going to feel sorry for, for Roman, unfortunately. So uh, I see it as Roman goes over. AJ tries to do it fairly, but those guys don't let him, and then he's distracted and loses. I did read something uh, similar about the whole Bullet Club, Ballot Club. They, they turn on Styles or, St- or Styles. Um, draws them away from him and Finn Balor comes up Balor Club and then <clears throat> where somehow some way you know they then they go out well they take care of Styles then they go attack Dean Ambrose and then by the time we know by, by the time Seth Rollins is back healthy you have <clears throat> you have a Balor Club against the shield and i was like hey that might work i'm all for it will it happen i don't know but i think it's gonna take a lot of dominoes to fall for that to be perfectly done but if you see a ballot club against the shield SummerSlam, or going and going into the fall is that something that you would want to see oh heck yeah man like by SummerSlam, well i remember the old rumor was having all the shield kinda of go at it in the triple threat at at SummerSlam. And then the new rumor, if it is if it is a Ballot Club Shield thing, like, man, I would love either one of those. My thing is you don't you don't need the world title then, you know, because you need a world title match. If you're gonna have a six man huge six man tag, then somebody else should have the world title in my opinion. So maybe Kevin Owens by then gets a hold of it or something, you know, because I feel like for that to work, that means you don't have a world title match at SummerSlam. So that's something to think about. So I feel like Reigns would probably have to lose it before that. So I don't know. What do you think? Um, you're right. It, it, it may not It may not need the world title. Um, I, I just... I am a big Finn Balor fan, so I think... He won't come up till like maybe June, July. I think they have an event, and he might drop the belt during that next um, takeover event. And it'll be interesting to see if if he comes up, if he goes one on one with AJ Styles, or if they just, you know, do something with just Gallows and Anderson and Ambrose and somebody else. But you know, for SummerSlam, I think the world title has to be. Um, defended by Reigns, maybe John Cena will be, will be back by then, and God knows that you know everybody will probably be cheering John Cena for the first time in their career against Roman Reigns. That's how that's how bad it's gotten for Roman Reigns with the crowd. But you know, listen, we can go at this all day with our ideas and what's gonna happen. But you know, they always catch us with a swerve. Some guy returns. Ballot comes up. He might. He might be a, a, a baby face. He might not even go after AJ Styles. Styles might beat Reigns on, on on payback. We just never know. But I think I like I told you before. The whole payback card is shaping out to be something where it's better than WrestleMania, and we just really don't know about that match with Styles and Reigns and how the finish is going to be, whether clean or not. 
But whatever they do, I think this goes into extreme rules the month after because outside interference might happen at payback. Extreme rules gives you uh, another stipulation where anything goes with Reigns and Styles. So I think this might go into May at Extreme Rules, but we just, we just have to remain and see. That's a good idea. I mean, I do. It's think a I think he'll be at the top. Um, they did get um, Nakamura in for this past takeover during WrestleMania weekend, so you know people people tend to like him. I think I think he's great in the ring. Will he be champion in the next four months? We don't know. But if you leave, if Finn Balor comes up to the roster, like you said, whoever's the world champion got to got to really hold that belt proud, like just on the same level of likability and in ring ability, like Finn Balor. But I think Nakamura, Samoa Joe, um, Apollo Cruz already went up. Baron Corbin already went up. Um, we don't know if Bobby Roode from TNA is going to sign with with NXT and see how he, you know, gets up the, the, the ladder for the world title. But I think Joe and Nakamura would be the two guys I think would hold the belt in the event Balor has to drop it in that takeover, takeover event in June. Okay. All right. I was just curious, like, because, you know, Balor's been the face of NXT for a long time, you know. And so for him to come up, they'd have to have, they'd have to be ready to have another person who would who would take that position as the face of the company and you know really hold it down. So just curious, like who's who's worthy that's left? Because you know I would have thought I'd have thought a guy like Apollo Crews, but he's already gone. You know, so I don't know. Me either. Um... I did get it. I did. We, we did mention Seth Rollins earlier. Um, I did have a Twitter question from Mets fan Alex. Which superstar gets a bigger pop when they return, Seth Rollins or Randy Orton? Wow. I'm thinking Seth. I mean, they both get a big one, but, but Seth is going to throw the roof off. And um, I think. And he's going he's gonna to be total face, which is, you know. Un- undeniable. So it almost doesn't matter what he does, you know. I I, I don't know. I'm so sorry for whoever's in the ring with him when he does make that return. Because, like, the fans are going to blow the roof off. And, um, man, I'm really looking forward to that. And I think that, um, I think he gets the huge pop. Or he will get a big one, too. I think it all depends on how they bring him in. Like, don't just bring him in, you know, I think Seth, the way that you can bring him back in and get, get the big massive pop, and it'll make sense where either a they do some kind of shield reunion or he he helps out Ambrose or 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 Reigns. That'll be um, Plan B. I think Plan A would be still not knowing why Shane is running Raw. You can do a thing where Triple H and Stephanie are upset. Vince has given Shane the keys. The keys to to Monday Night Raw, they're upset. They 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 want it back, or they want you know full control. Shane doesn't want to relinquish it because the fans support. And somehow they have a match where Triple H fights for the authority to control Raw. And instead of Shane fighting, 
he has Seth Rollins fight for him. Right, so he'll have Shane, um, he'll have Seth fight for him, and the winner of that match, you know, the the representative of that match, the winner, would get to control Raw, and then Seth would, I think, would beat Triple H. We don't see Triple H fight for quite some time, and then Shane continues to run Raw. Seth is the big baby face. Everybody thanks him and everything. So I think that'd be the best way to bring Seth back. Okay, I agree. I think that is a really good way. I mean, what if, I don't know. I, I mean, they could use it to get, Ro- to get Roman over and just have the Bullet Club stomping out rain and then, you know, Seth Rollins' music hits and he just runs out. Right. You know, um, yeah, I feel like that's not the best way to bring Seth out. You know, I feel like people will be a little mixed on that. So probably not. But I don't know. I keep thinking. I keep thinking he's going to pop out. But I feel like he'd have to. He'd have to complete. He'd have to execute a turn on Triple H in the process. So Triple H would need to be in the ring or something for Seth to come out. They talk like, oh, you know, welcome back, man, welcome back. And it's like, oh, you didn't have my back. You went out for you went for yourself when I was gone. And then right. the time, you know. Um, I got a few more before I let you go. Um, it, it seems like they're really, you know, trying to big up this whole tag team division. Um, since WrestleMania, New Day are still tag champions. Um, they have the ongoing tag team tournament. And the finals of that tournament is going to be at payback with um, Enzo and Cass coming up from NXT against the um, the Vaud Villains, who also came up from NXT, uh, which is a good breath of fresh air for the tag team division. But you, also, you have League of, League of Nations, you still got Dudleys, you have the Usos, you have Enzo and Cass, Vaud Villains, New Day. Um, you know, Anderson Gallows down the road. Um, what is your overall take of the company really uh, making big strides and bigging up the whole tag team division? Mm. I think it's good. Um, and the fact that they've actually given two new guys, you know, the two top spots in the tournament. I'm a little confused, though, especially with there still being a week, uh, you know, with, with still shows before payback to wait to have the tournament finals at payback is kind of confusing to me. I feel like the tournament finals should be on Raw or SmackDown, and then the actual match that they earn should be at payback. But as it stands right now, I don't think New Day has a match at payback, do you? Uh, no, they, they had the finals at payback, but I think the winner of that, they, I don't think they're going to fight the same night. Now, New Day will probably wind up in some sort of three, uh, like a three-on-three with the League of Nations again or something. So it seems like they're, they're kind of like not really knowing what to do with those guys in the meantime while they have all these other tag teams, which is far good. But, you know, this will be two pay-per-views in a row that the tag team titles are not even up for grabs. Like, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I just, I just, um, I wish they would do the same for the Intercontinental title picture. I mean, overall, you know, the whole Intercontinental belt, you know, doesn't feel like it has the same prestige as it once did. But, um, you know, what they're doing for the whole tag team division. Now, if they can go out and get new tag team belts, that'll be even more better because those belts have to go tomorrow. Um, they can kind of throw it back to what it was back in the day, give it a throwback, retro look, fine, but those tag team belts, maybe they might give new tag team belts, you know, once the whole tournament is over. I don't know, but um, seeing New Day fight somebody else new outside of the Lucha Dragons and the Usos and the Dudleys, um, regardless of who wins, Vaude Villains or Enzo and Cash, we just know going forward for the next few months that the whole tag team division is going to be on an entirely whole new level. Right. And I'm happy about that. You know, I am. Um, I'm just now a little curious what they're going to do with New Day that payback. Like, uh, I can't necessarily think of anybody else except probably Lee Mason who will wind up 
them on TV because they're, they're awesome and they're over. You know, yeah, but way I'm, over. You know, the, the holdout is waiting for them to get a new opponent. So, so I think you know once once they back in, we'll see we'll see, we'll see some new matches, which is a good thing. Hey man, I got I got two more for you uh, before I let you go. Um, Cesaro came back from injury uh, two weeks ago. He's in the Intercontinental Championship match against the Miz at Payback. Um, one, how excited are you f- uh, to see him back healthy? And two, um, what do you make of the new gimmick he has going on? He has this whole James Bond 007 entrance kind of thing going on. Um, I'm a big fan of that. It just adds to the character of Cesaro. And do do we do we see Cesaro break out of the mid card area going forward? Oh yeah, I think so. Um, I think this is the beginning of his climb, but I, I guess we'll kind of know. I mean, this card is, I guess, you know, is intercontinental. So if he wins this title, I feel like he can have a nice reign or at least a nice run of matches in that area. If he loses, it's not necessarily to say that it's over for him. I think, you know, by them them putting him in that main event on that first Raw after. Uh, at the Mania shows me that, you know, they do believe in this guy to some level where he can compete on a on a mid-card to main event level. And, you know, and he's way over, you know, he's paid his dues, put his time in. So I think anything he gets from here on, like, I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm glad to see him on TV in, in meaningful matches. So, uh, so yeah, he's earned it. So I do hope he gets the other kind of title and, uh, yeah, man, me too. I, I really hope at some point. I think Daniel Bryan was on his way to doing that last year, but you know he got hurt, and um, you know the, the the IC belt just hasn't been the same for quite some time. And you know you never know. We we all go through ups and downs with the company, and 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 think things are not used the right way, or or whatever the case may be. But I think the Intercontinental Belt uh, just showing the prestige and the history and not just being changed of champions every every pay-per-view or every week it, it, you know at some point it has to mean something and I, and I think it still does but not to the same way as it was before but um the final question I got for you um is um we, we finally saw um the the whole women's championship belt get changed it's now the women's title no more diva uh diva's title charlotte is still the women's champion great match with sasha and becky at wrestlemania um just what are your thoughts overall going forward with the women's title and are you a fan of the current heel role uh role that charlotte has been taking on so far You know, I'm really, I'm really excited about it. You know, I think the new belt looks dope. And, you know, the point I made was, I was like, man, that looks so dope. Like, I would consider buying that or, you know, like sitting that in my room or something. Because it looks cool. It's not like butterfly wings and pink and purple, you know. So it doesn't look like a kid's toy or a, a little girl's toy. So I think I'm all for it. You know, women's wrestling is, is like, is back in a major way, like, they're putting on some great matches. Um, I like where Charlotte's going. Like, I wasn't really 100% bought in when she first won a title, but she's getting better, like, every week, I think. You know, she's a great heel, you know, with Flair in her corner. Just, you know, Flair's magic, so, you know, he's rubbing off on her. I think, um, you know, Natty I hadn't seen a lot of just in the time that I've come back to wrestling. She wasn't, you know, having a lot of action. But, um... But what I've seen, I really enjoy. So, looking forward to a good match. I think we got a lot of really great talent with uh, with her and Sasha, Becky, and Paige. And there's a lot of talent, you know. And um, I think maybe, I wish they could get to a point where, especially with a three-hour show or a that they could give them more than one segment, you know, where we get more than one women's feud at a time. That's when you'll really know that women's wrestling made it. So you can see more than one woman's angle at a time. Because now there's just one. And it's the only thing that ever, anybody ever sees is whoever Charlotte's piece of it at the time, you know. So I would love to see some other stories happening at the same time. 
Well, she does have Natalia payback, and you know, Flair's gonna be in the corner of Charlotte, and Bret Hart is gonna be in the corner of uh, um, Natalia. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> what would you like to see from Flair and Bret that night? <laughs> oh man, not too much. I feel like uh, you know, I think I don't want them to overshadow the women in the ring, but right, I feel like right. they kind of will, you know, without even trying to. So. Uh, I would like to see them kind of keep their interference to a minimum, but uh, just but I think just being there, seeing Brad after all he's been through with these guys, to have him be a part of that. So I'm all for it. I know a lot of people were complaining, like, "Yo, you know, her dad is Jim Daniel Neidhart, and how come he's not there?" So I was like, "I don't really know. What is the deal with 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 the Anvil, You know." Yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen how, how that um, plays out. Cause they, they've been having some good matches lately, Roadblock and uh, on Raw and everything. So I'm um, just glad to see Natalia in that spotlight right now um, going forward. But like you said, the whole division is good. Her, Paige, Sasha, Becky, Charlotte, um, I think her, her heel role is phenomenal. And Ric Flair just, you know, takes it to a different level. But... Um, Mega Ran, you're on Twitter at Mega Ran, M-E-G-A-R-A-N. You are the host of the Matt Mania podcast uh, bi-weekly on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, I greatly appreciate you coming on, spending some time with us, talking wrestling. If there's anything you want to um, say and how people can reach out to you, um, go for it. Oh, yeah, anybody can reach out to me at Mega Ran on Twitter, M-E-G-A-R-A-N. It looks like Meg Ryan if you're not really looking carefully. <laughs> but <it's still> <laughs> um, you could uh, you could always find any of my music at com. You can get um, the Matt Mania album and podcast at mattmania.net uh, or on com. So, yeah, that's the way to get at me. Give me your love, your hate, your questions and comments. Mega Rand, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Randy. All right. All right, man. Good work, sir. Thank you. Take it easy. All right. All right.